You're listening to the Imperial Senate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Nikki Kumar, and I am joined today by the wonderful, you know him, you love him, Charlie Ashby and Claire Stribling. What's up, guys? What's up? Hey, I'm glad that I'm the only one who's loved. Sorry, Claire. It's fine. I'll be over it one day. I'm like, it's fine. You're dead to me. Pretty much. All right, Nikki, I thought we were friends. All right, that was cool. That's fine. It's fine. We're good. You know, you'll you'll make it someday, Claire. I'm sure the fandom will warm up to you. Yeah. God, I as, hope so. As a person and a, a member of this community. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what's 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 up with you guys? How's it been going? Everything's been really peaceful, quiet, calm, collective, no angry. Uh, rants on Twitter, no frets. What's Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Twitter is this like thing they used to use to like tweet stuff. It's like a virtual uh, online dumpster fire of a place where we all decide to throw ourselves on top of the flames. That's generally what I would describe Twitter as. Chancellor well, Palpatine, dumpster fires are our speciality. <laughs> so Don't true. Worry, There's nothing wrong in the world. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> we just all gotta take it easy and talk about some of the cool stuff happening in Star Wars land. So, um, if everyone's ready, we uh we can jump into all the cool stuff. How's Let's that do it. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm imagining that we're doing this in front of like a live audience, and I'm waiting for our listeners to be like, "Woo, let's do it!" <laughs> <laughs> I like, mean, like someday. the one guy listening in the background, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, clapping awkwardly. By- Yay! Just the one clapping. Um, I guess first of all, you know, let's, we gotta sh- uh, throw a congratulations to. The Star Wars show team for their Emmy win. Um, a few, I guess, maybe like last week, um, they won an Emmy for their Arrested Development bit uh, with Ron Howard. So that was pretty awesome. Um, it's always fun to see people rewarded for their awesome work. And way to go, Star Wars show. Yeah, well earned. Seriously. Like, that bit was so, so fantastic. And they just do such a great job, you know, every 
every time they release a show. It's always always keeps me wildly entertained. But that arrested arrested development bit was like I was in stitches the whole time. So well earned. I'm so happy that my Star War community could be represented at the Emmys. Pretty neat. Yeah. And is there something to be said? Or go ahead, Charlie. Uh, yeah, there is. Um, which is what I'm about to say right now. Uh, no, I, I'm. Go for it. It was really cool to see them uh, win the Emmy. I think it's well deserved. That team put so much effort into not only celebration, not only doing the whole premieres for Star Wars films and making different like fun content every week. It's just cool to see them get something along those lines to you know to show off how great they are because. They're, they're good people. And good people deserve good things. They do the right things. Yep. Karma, bitches. Indeed. Um, I think there's something about... I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like there's, there's something to be said about Anthony Carboni wearing an Imperial Senate podcast pin on the Star Wars yes! show. And then, then having that show win an Emmy. Um, you know, make of that what you will. But I'm just, I'm, okay. it, uh, it happened. So, Nikki, do you mind if me and Claire just pop over here for a second? Uh huh. Uh huh. I'll wait. All right. Okay. All right. Psst, Claire, hey, come over. Yeah. What's up? Okay. Okay. Um, I think Nikki is a conspiracy theorist. What makes you say that? He seemed very adamant about not being one. Oh, man. You know what? That's exactly what a conspiracy theorist would say. You're so right. I, should we be scared? I mean, probably. Who gave Anthony those pins? <gasps> it was Nikki. It was Nikki. <laughs> shit, Charlie, shit. Hey, Nikki. Hey, hey what's up, buddy? guys? You right? You okay? Yeah. Yeah. I. While you were gone, I was... um. I was thinking about some cool fashion designs mm. and I've got these great tinfoil hats that we can wear <laughs> for our next episode. And they look so good <laughs> and they're really cool. Cause they like protect your brain also. It's, it's nuts, <laughs> but we can talk about that after. The show. That's... Um, anyway, what else is, what else have we got going? We got Disney trying to own the world. <laughs> And succeeding so far. Oh boy. Um, basically, basically, they released a massive schedule for the years ahead of their movie slate. I think it's, is it like 14 movies like in the next, like something? like I believe, yeah, 14 movies in the next two days. Two days, yeah. <laughs> They're busy people. Mm, really? Um, and there's a lot on there. There is plenty of Marvel content coming. We got Indiana Jones. I think in like 2021, there's Avatar, which take it or leave it, it's happening. There's like 17 um, avatars lined up. <laughs> right. In the Jones Five, I belong in a museum. <laughs> it's uh, it's like Avatar is trying to catch up to the MCU. It really though, like, we can do it, guys. 22 movies, baby. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver and all of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. You guys, you're listening to this show. You know, we want to, you're gonna want to hear about the Star Wars movies. So we have the highly anticipated, I assume, um, untitled Star Wars movies. 
that will be December 2022, 2024, and 2026. Um, we don't really know much about what that is, except that the first one is uh, confirmed by Bob, Bob Iger to be from the uh, Game of Thrones writers, um, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. And we don't know exactly what, uh, or I guess we don't really know what their role is. I mean, I don't think they they were tapped to direct it. But they're writing. Uh, they're writing it. They're writing it, and it was it was a pitch that they gave, I suppose. And um, it will be the first one. And uh, this, I guess, has a lot of fans talking <laughs> for various reasons. Uh, one reason being um, the also uh, previously announced Ryan Johnson project, and we don't really know how. Um, that schedule will go or if maybe their the projects are similar or if because I, I remember someone saying that they're they're working quite closely together in developing these these ideas. I don't know. Do you guys have any insight on that? I heard the same thing. I heard that um that, that they have been involved in each other's work and during this early production phase. So it's interesting. It's probably it's a good thing, I think, to have, you know, to have the people who are backing your new Star Wars movies, um, even if they may be different topics, it's good to have a joint vision, you know, make the Star Wars mm-hmm. universe feel like a cohesive thing. So I think that's a good thing. But yeah, and I've heard, yeah, I've heard that rumor as well. Yeah. So I think there's, since there's just a lot of, I don't know, people jump to conclusions on things. I don't believe there's anything to suggest that Ryan Johnson is not having a star, future Star Wars project. <laughs> so if, if you're listening to the show and that's got you panicking, I think you can sleep easier if you're, if you're waiting for, for Ryan to show up. Because um, we also don't even know if these... It makes sense for like scheduling, but we don't even know if these movies will be consecutively the same series. Um, so like potentially the 2024 movie could be Ryan's movie. We just don't really know. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Benioff and Weiss are in the news <laughs> to say the least. Um, Game of Thrones season eight is currently running. We are a few days away from the finale and there's a lot of talk about the way they've handled, um, the story and character and theme um, and just all sorts of issues, not only uh, not only this season, but like for the series at large and also, but, but like especially this season, <laughs> it seems like a lot of the glaring issues are just like constantly slapping people in the face now. Um, so do you guys have any sort of general remarks about, the Benioff and Weiss project that will be hitting us in three years. Yeah. Um, so I am not one of the people who is super gung ho about this season of game of Thrones. I feel like the last maybe two seasons, the quality has been starting to drop a little bit. And I think that part of the reason of that is they no longer have a, they no longer have a text to go off of. They don't have, they have really vague, vague guidance from George R. R. Martin, but not, you know, 
you know, but it's not the same. Um, I'm not the, I'm also not the kind of person who is sitting here going, take away these movies from Benioff and Weiss. First of all, that's not going to happen. Absolutely not. It's, it's this, you're just trying to do the same thing that they're doing with Ryan Johnson and it's just, it's not going to happen. And mm. also I think that it's super important to remember um, they're writing this in a really collaborative setting because they had, like, as I said, they had the books for Game of Thrones. They have the story group who's going to sit there and make sure that every detail is cohesive and is going to be there along every step of the writing process, which makes me feel better about it. Um, but yeah, this, I just, Disney, really bad timing with your announcements. Like, <laughs> even if you had planned to, like, announce this now, couldn't we have waited a few weeks until Game of Thrones was over and maybe people were beginning to cool off? Like, I know you've got a big master plan going, but guys, read the room. Like before, before Benioff and Weiss enroll in, like, witness protection. Right. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> read the room, Disney. <laughs> mm-hmm. How about you, Charlie? You got anything? Yeah, so uh, Vader kind of forgot about the Rebel base. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, it hurts. I mean, okay, Claire, you are spot on, hundred percent. Like Benny from Wise, are not going to get kicked off the project unless you know, like Lucasfilm aren't stupid. Like they've got a plan. They they know these people are very popular. They've the great adapt, adapting material. While I'm not a big fan of the season of Game of Thrones, I think the other seasons have been pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I mean to say that is very glib, but it's true. Like they're great seasons. I even like season six and seven, even though there's some downfalls there. Uh, six is fucking six is, excellent. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll throw that down. Six is. Um, um, sorry, yeah. yeah um, you know, like it's the same sort. One, I'm, I'm, I'm sure parts of the reason why Game of Thrones season eight hasn't been doing so well, so it's also that they probably found out about the Star Wars films and were like, "Well, we're tired of this project now. We want to jump ship and move on to something else," which, you know, isn't the best thing at the same time because you want it to have a great ending. If there's a big problem, I think that Lucasfilm will sort it out. I mean, look at Colin Trevorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't work out, and then they left the project. Josh Trank. Josh Trank, who? <laughs> I'm joking. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. Like, there's, there's people that were uh, potentially... I'm trying to find the, the right wording. Potentially an issue but because yeah. you know they've got, they're, they're, there is some but there is some baggage with game of thrones i think it's pretty simple to say um i don't think many people disagree with that um in terms of i mean I, we, we're not even talking about the major fact here which is again it's too um well well off well to do white again um doing a Star Wars film and mm-hmm. 
you know, there's there's a, there's a plethora of great talent out there, and you know, who knows? They might get, um, they might get someone else who isn't a white dude with a beard to um, direct these films. I've got. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I haven't got my hopes up, happen. considering the writing room and you know directing table for Game of Thrones. But you never know. Right. I think, yeah. yeah, my biggest issue is obviously the whole shabam going around with the whole argument and discussion of stuff. It's the same as the Last Jedi in terms only in terms of there is there's clearly a, a group of people that are way out of control, mm-hmm. and there's no there's not really much point trying to bring them up because it is clearly silly if you sign a document saying to rewrite the last july or rewrite the game of thrones you're an idiot yeah not gonna happen (laughs) it's just not gonna happen it's it's, yeah it's it's ludicrous it's ridiculous it's not gonna happen and you're wasting your time and energy like i don't know how much energy you can spend on that and equally at the same time there are very great pieces of criticism for these for the stuff and that includes star wars and while i'm overtly mostly positive in things because i can be earnest and honest there are a lot of people that don't like the things i like and i understand and listen to them and why not i, I might not agree with them i might not agree with you guys but i still listen to what you have to say um i, I don't know, i spit on the picture of you in the corner um <laughs> <laughs> no, <just>. same <laughs> but you know what i mean it just seems a, it's getting out of control now there's this notion that if you criticize or disagree with um, a character trait of Game of Thrones, that you are on some level the same as someone who may have harassed Kelly Marie Tran. That's um, a leap. <laughs> that's, that's to me the biggest issue with what's, or not the biggest issue, but like something that's been glaringly obvious to me is for for as much as somebody might feel that it's there there's this like societal um desire to to sort of bash the thing that's popular <laughs> um there's mm. there's an at least equal uh measure of and of people seeing honest critique and wanting to lump that in with the toxicity and entitlement definitely of, of bad like bad critique. And I think that has been like the, the thing that I've like seen the most um, just as someone who has been trying to like, honestly critique uh, season eight in particular. And it's, it's weird. Cause it's like, I understand the reaction when you, when you're into something and you see someone try to take it down, you have that like feeling where you want to defend it. And I think a defense tactic is to ridicule the the side with which from which the critique is coming from, and I've probably been guilty of it before too, especially with the Last Jedi. Like, just you know, someone doesn't like it, I'm like, ah, they're just some like neckbeard who doesn't understand it or whatever. I've probably done that, and like that's something I know I would want to change about um, how I process critique. And then, like, the other side is like. We, we watch these things and, you know, read these things because they give us a feeling, right? And when as a fandom or as a society, you can't, if you can't discuss different feelings, 
Like, what is the point of all this? Right? Like we, we exist as a, as a, you know, cohesive group to discuss the way these things make us feel. And it's ludicrous to think that someone feels differently than me and isn't being, or like to, to, to look at someone who's like disagrees with you and lump them in with the same people who are making these dumb petitions and harassing creators or actors and stuff. And like to, to assign that the same level of annoyance in your life is uh, is pretty weird. And it's something I think that everyone should be conscious of moving forward because these stories aren't going to stop. Yeah. And we got we to gotta learn how to be a better community about them, I think. Yeah. It's kind of a, uh, in a sense, this whole Game of Thrones blow up is a bit of a relief um, to see it act in a, in a really, I know that sounds bad, but it's not just Star Wars. Um, it's not just mm-hmm. us. It's just any online fan community. But that being said, let's be better than that and disagree respectfully. And just because someone doesn't agree with you, that's not a personal attack on you shouldn't be liking this thing you like. Absolutely not. But we don't all have to like the same things. And just we should all, they all have different tastes and should be respectful of that. Mm-hmm. Can I just add as well, though, that there seems to be a strange sort of weird, at least for me, this is a thing I've picked up, which is there seems to be a, a weird disconnect between morality and fiction. And I don't know whether that's because people are lending themselves to a certain theme or time period. I don't think I could do that personally. I go in watching a story, uh, understanding context, but also keeping uh, I, I'm myself. So seeing people like, because you can tell when someone's joking, but sometimes when people joke about stuff like "Oh, Thanos was right," or uh, you know the whole Daenerys thing, uh, can I just quickly say genocide isn't cool? <laughs> what a controversial um, statement, Charlie! You gotta leave that off the podcast. We're gonna lose listeners. <laughs> and if rough, if me feeling comfortable watching children get burned alive is a negative. <laughs> Like I, I appreciate that's the point of the thing. I I get that. That's why I watched. Like I don't watch it for that. But you know, like the whole Shireen <laughs> thing, like made me uncomfortable. I wasn't fucking wooing at the screen. <laughs> like <laughs> that's I would. If, that's if one of the few scenes I still screen, have to fast forward. Yeah, I, I couldn't watch it in my rewatch either. Yeah. But if you do woo at the screen, I will find you, and I will smack some sense into you. What's wrong yeah. with you? What's wrong with I you? joke about I joke about the order sixty yeah. scene, uh, all the sixty six scenes. They're not they're not fun. <laughs> they're heartbreaking. They're supposed to be heartbreaking. Apart from when Kaidi Mundi dies, that's fun. Um, no, look, oh, oh. <laughs> that was what a quit. Do you see when Pablo when Pablo was like, "Here's a scene of Kaidi Mundi <laughs> getting what he deserved," oh, and then no. <laughs> and then um, I think it's Todd Todd Viziri, who's one of the ILM people and he was like i killed him <laughs> he like animated he animated all the shots or that's awful guys Oz oh, is man. gonna murder all of us you guys gotta be careful uh so good <laughs> i'm sorry for yeah. making fun of the of the penis man <laughs> of dickhead <laughs> yeah that's yeah, like, I think, that's I like think um, right. Werner Herzog would say the penis <laughs> man 
I'm sorry, penis for man. Man. sorry for making fun of the penis man. <laughs> what a voice. That guy. I wish I wish he could do this podcast and just we, we type out our transcript for him and he just reads it. Yeah. I know this is off topic, but considering that we're talking about Game of Thrones, actually it's not really off topic. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Um, now that we know Benioff and Wise is obviously going to be in charge and it's like they might cross-pollinate with actors and stuff. What actors would you like to see from Game of Thrones in Star Wars? Because I know that Kit Harrington apparently is a big fan and he wants to be in it. Lena, Lena yes. Headey. I would love to see her in a Star Wars because she, I mean, at least I feel this way in Game of Thrones. There's a lot of very good actors in Game of Thrones. But anytime that she is on screen, she acts circles around everybody, man. She's so good. I think she could be fascinating. I don't know what she would be. I don't know. I don't even know what I would want to see her be. But I think that she is so talented and I think she'd be a great addition. She just stares at the Death Star window. (laughs) She just sips wine. She sips Corellian brandy and looks out the Death Star window. (laughs) Imagine imagine her looking out a Star Destroyer viewport or whatever. She's got that nailed down. Fuck, yeah. She totally does. Yeah. Um, Yeah, as far as cast, I think there is no wrong answer except maybe Amelia Clark because, boy, I've got a movie for you if you want to see her in Star Wars. Do tell. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean... It's a, it's a little movie called Solo. Ooh. We may have heard of it, but she Solo features heavily. Two. Solo too. Very heavily. Yes, I would beat so down. Um, yeah, there's no wrong answer. I think. Oh, oh Pedro Pascal. Uh, <laughs> there, there's no wrong answer. I would go with uh, Charles Dance because he is my ultimate fan, and such a good imperial. Yeah. He'd make a great uh, imperial. He would. He could do anything, and. Um, yeah, I'd go Charles Dance. Maybe Richard Madden as well. I just love to see Charles Dance as an Imperial, like ordering people around. He's just, he, his <laughs> demeanor just screams Imperial. <laughs> but Lord Vader, you will not take that whore to court. <laughs> <laughs> we can carry you down the Death Star if it pleases you. Oh my God. My son. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, even like a Mustafa Lou. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Charles dance for a moment. Twenty twenty two, make it happen. Um, I kind of want to see yeah. Liam Cun- uh, Liam Cunningham just as Sadavos, but it's he's just him in Star Wars, but playing the same character. <laughs> Dude, I'm down. I'm so down. It's just like following like beef with him. Sorry. Because- I have beef with Liam Cunningham about his. Oh, yeah, uh, the... There's been a lack of storytelling in Star Wars recently. Ooh. Which is like, homie, you don't get to come in. Uh, yeah, particularly when his character arc this season has been just standing around watching stuff. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> well, when, there was one thing I saw a clip of, uh, because these kind of clips are going around now. <laughs> I think it was the guy who plays uh, Grey Worm and the guy who plays Gendry. Um, on like a panel. And, oh yeah, when he goes, oh, you're brave. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, so Gendry, uh, I won't like bother people with actor names. Uh, the Gendry guy Joe was Dempsey. like, Joe Dempsey and Jacob Anderson, I believe. Um, Joe Dempsey was like, hey, uh, something. he made a comment about the writing being 
very convenient in the like it must have been season seven and then uh gray worm was like oh you're not getting in star wars (laughs) (laughs) that's very brave of you you're not getting in star wars um yeah so i think that's a that's a funny thing like everyone's watching their their tongues around uh benny offenweiss because they want that star wars gig why wouldn't you though um Except for, you know, the copious amounts of online harassment. Why wouldn't you? (laughs) Just don't be female and don't be any kind of minority. And you'll be fine. I think, yeah. And it's like, there's one thing where it's like, um, for as much criticism as Game of Thrones season eight is getting, the cast is so good. Um, Like, you can can say say whatever you want to say about Daenerys' arc, but... Amelia Clark is doing her damn damn best to to try and sell it as best she can. She's killing it. Um, so so yeah, I think any of those any of those cast members would be wonderful, and especially Tormund. Yes. <laughs> um, I think another thing you mentioned earlier, Claire, about the writing process for Star Wars, I think that is really key to analyzing or just thinking about how. Benioff and Weiss will will function because I think like when you look at HBO, I don't think anybody at HBO was in any position to be like, you know, how about you do this? Because just because Game of Thrones totally just blew HBO up in a way that like HBO was already doing quality stuff, but just the amount of revenue and publicity and just Everything Game of Thrones did for HBO, I don't think anybody there is willing to to sort of step in on Benioff and Weiss, and that gave them sort of free reign to do what they've done. And in Star Wars, I think about how like Kathleen Kennedy and JJ have talked about like when they were crafting Nine, they would just, or even the other movies, they would just have meetings to talk about like feeling. Right. And like, what do we want to accomplish and what do we think this should be? And it was like this group effort of like really analyzing what Star Wars is and what Star Wars should feel like. And I feel like there, the, if there is a rift in idea, it will be cut pretty well um, to where it won't be like a surprise where we get this kind of weird, cynical <laughs> Star Wars movie. Um, if that's what they plan on writing because it is collaborative and there are people who like Kathleen Kennedy's like, I ain't afraid to fire two more white boys if I need to. <laughs> you know, that's a direct quote. <laughs> right. She told us that. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's a big deal. And like you said, like I don't, a petition's not going to take them away from it. The only people who will do that is like them. Like, I think they will bring it upon themselves if, if they're not fit for to write a Star Wars story. No, I think you're absolutely right. Like it's you're and you hit it on the head. She's not afraid to um to fire or replace people who are not down with the vision that they want for Star Wars. That's a good point. I trust Kathleen mm-hmm. Kennedy. I trust their judgment. They've done a great job so far. So if they start right. if this series is really going to start leading us astray from their goal, they'll replace them. It's that simple, but they're not going to do it because you call on them to do it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's a really wonderful thing about having this these three years of development and you know filming and stuff. Um, there's time to really flesh this out and not rush into the project, um, which I think will only benefit um, the end the end film when we're all sitting in a theater in December 2022. And yeah, I, I hope it works out for them. Again, like I don't like. Game of Thrones. Oh no! Whoa! Exclusive. So far, I don't like. I don't like Game of Thrones season eight that much. It's not like it's not hitting. It's not. It's not satisfying. What I you know what I got from the story before, but I don't like particularly like wish them bad. (laughs) Like they're just like again. It's like they're just allegedly people trying their best to like do the do a job and give like the story they feel like they should give. Um, So like, I don't, I don't wish for anybody to get fired. I know a lot of people who have very more like specific complaints about their writing from like more um, sort of social issues. I know they have a stronger opinion about them having the job, but like, I personally don't wish to see them fail in doing this project. So I hope that whatever you know, stops are in place, whatever checks are on them. I hope they all work to help them tell a story they believe in, but is also within the, the, you know, thematic message of Star Wars. And I think that like, that's what scares me the most because like, I, I particularly think they have, I I won't say betrayed, betrayed is a very strong word, but they've like abandoned the, the actual thematic message of George R. R. Martin's book series for their sort of like more cynical nihilistic take on the story. And like that shit won't fly in star Wars. Like you gotta like star Wars is inherently hopeful and redemptive, redemptive and stuff. So I, I hope whatever is in place to help them give the best star Wars product is there. And in the future, uh, we only get better at hiring different looking people and different thinking people. With different perspectives and different upbringings mm-hmm. and different cultures. Because it would be really what nice. <laughs> it's nice to have it a change be of truly perspective. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it's all about, right? There are different people that aren't like us. Huh? <gasps> what? what? <laughs> yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I'm thinking of that that monkey puppet meme, like surprise <laughs> monkey puppet. <laughs> um, yeah, because that that's the beautiful thing about such a wide universe, right? You can take all these different perspectives, but still mold it into that same theme, that same like vibe of Star Wars. And well, we can only hope and push for that uh, that eventuality. So. Let's see what happens. Please don't be Kozor. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Please. Yeah, I think just because we've negatively talked about them also, I will say Benioff and Weiss are fantastic runners of a production. Like, yes. Game of Thrones is, it is, I think we talked about this, Claire and I talked about this a while ago on an episode, but like the production level of Game of Thrones is unthinkable like every co bibble uh uh krennic immeasurable like 
phrasing of <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> like it is, it's insane what they have accomplished managing the different filming locations, the giant cast. Um, like they, I think they will really excel at helping this, like running this massive production and keeping it together. Um, if that, if that is indeed their role. So that is something that I think it, they're well suited to star Wars for just taking something of this giant scale and, and bringing it to life. But um, yeah, there, there is plenty of reason to be skeptical about what, it, what story they might have, but we'll see, you know, always in motion. The future is right. Certainly. Um, nice. Right. Uh, so what else has been going on is uh, Disney plus Bob Iger has been yapping away. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he revealed that there will be a, third Star Wars TV series that um, will continue the the slate of the Mandalorian and the Cassian Andor series. So what do you guys think? Third Star Wars TV show. Yes, give me all the Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Just make it and put it on the streaming platform. I don't care. We got three years to fill of no Star Wars movies in the theater. <laughs> Just give me more. <laughs> Watch it be like, oh, yeah, it was Clone Wars, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you put that on me. Don't you do that. My goodness. Uh, Nikki, you're tempting to fight, my friend. <laughs> I know, right? We have too much. Okay, we have to have content in to LA too on long. this podcast. Come on. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I've, I've just lived. I've lived in LA too long and too cynical about the business. <laughs> Clearly. Well, uh, It'll just be like, oh yeah, guys, come on! Didn't you know this? Uh, oh, but yeah. What What do you guys think this? Or there's no way to say think, but like, what would you hope to get out of this TV series, this unannounced one, or unspecified one? <laughs> yeah. Well, I well, it seems like the not that the books. The canon novels have really been mm, not that they've been really implying oh, or that they've been shit. implying one thing, not that it's been executed. I feel like a broken record, but I will scream this from the rooftops for as long as, you know, it hasn't happened. But give me unknown regions. Give me Chiss. Give me Grisk. Give me all that. Like, let what I want something far away from our core galaxy Ooh. that we know. I want new and I want far well, away and I want weird stories and unknown regions. I have no idea what's mural, out there. I want to find out. The celebration mural told you who the lead will be <laughs> 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 the lead actor, um, our good friend Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, exactly. Show. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Afford it. As Grand Admiral Thrawn. <laughs> I thought Christmas only comes once a year. <laughs> da, 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 da. As we're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, oh, okay, god. yeah. So come, I could dig that. Uh, yeah. Uh, my idea would be an anthology series where it would kind of be a mixture of. The Twilight Zone meets um, Young Indie. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. 
meets. There was another one that I was trying to think of as well, but I can't. So basically, what it would be, it'd be like a storytelling series where it's narrated. Like you, you open up every episode the same. Where it's it's Maz Kanata and R two D two, and they're the two storytellers. And what happens is every let's just say, for example, if it was like a ten episode series, you have ten episodes where they tell ten different stories, and they're from different eras because they're both been around for a while. And that means that every episode, but every episode has to have a moral like the Clone Wars. Um, but every episode can be about a different character or a different era. So you could have like a whole episode in the unknown regions, like Claire was talking about. I mean, maybe the next week it would be like a Kenobi episode with Ewan McGregor, or then the week after that it might be Ray Sloan, or a week after that it could be something to do with. The one I want to see, if they want to do this fictional idea in my head, it would be a story to do with Shara Bay and young Poe Dameron on Yavin 4. Ooh, yeah. And you could have Maskinata narrate it, and like after teachers there, like giving in details, and it's Lupita Nyongo, but like going, oh, yes, yes, I'll get to that bit. And like she's narrating the story, but also we get the actors in. So you could actually, and it can. It could also be sort of a different story storytelling format. So one episode might be pure live action. The next episode might be animated. It could have like a Clone Wars story. Um, so that would be my my idea if I was in charge. Can it still begin with Maz Kanata saying, the choices we make, <laughs> the actions we take. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's what someone said. It's, a, it's kind of like Forces of Destiny, which I agreed with. It's the Forces of Destiny meets Young Indy. Um, have one episode of Alden Aaron mm-hmm. Reich back. It's hard. Meeting Mads for the first time would be fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. She's got a new catchphrase. Right. <laughs> yeah, the only, the only things... Um, I think that's a wonderful idea because that really combines kind of everything anyone might want into one package which would be a really smart move is it the move they would make (laughs) who knows (laughs) um i think yeah like for me like yeah that would that would cover a lot of things i would want to see which is i feel i feel like if um if anybody still deserves like some love it's it's people who came out of solo um i want to see more Emphis Ness, I want to see more Kira. I want to see um, the even like Alden and, and Donald Glover back um, as those characters. And then there's also like, yeah, I want to see you and McGregor too. But I would love I would love for some some of those people who really deserve another um, another sort of story on screen about them. I think that would be wonderful. But who knows? I mean, do you, is is there a general vibe that people think it's a Ewan McGregor Kenobi series, or does anyone really have any read on it? In the, in the I think universe? that it's basically the the Kenobi rumors are basically the Star Wars equivalent of um, throwing shit on the wall and hoping it sticks. <laughs> is there is there like nothing in it though, or is there like what? yeah, like is there? 
Is there like actually nothing in a Kenobi thing? Because like they, you know, like they had him at the solo premiere and whatnot. I don't think so. I think that they just invited Ewan McGregor in there because he's Ewan McGregor. <laughs> it's like, hey, you're free. <laughs> you want to come down and see a movie? You know. Why not? Yeah. I am torn. Right now I'm in the phase of. Um, Are you out of faith? What? Are you out of faith? Yeah, I have no hope anymore, Charlie. Like, I know that rebellions are built on hope, and Leia in Rogue One is all talking about hope. But here's the thing. I have been burned too many times. I have gotten my hopes up way too high, and it's been talked about way too much. I I have to tell myself that I don't think it's going to happen. That's about it. Because <laughs> if I keep getting my hopes up too high, I'm just going to get really hurt in the end when it doesn't happen. So I'm just going to, I would love it. But no, I don't think so. I don't think it means anything. I think Disney's just trying to mess with us. Yeah. But he grew a beard. <laughs> <laughs> How dare he? He can't just grow a beard. It says in his contract. Can't have a beard unless it's playing Obi-Wan. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably just, you know, it's going to be a fantasy until they tell us what it is and then we'll be like either yay or boo. (laughs) And (laughs) that's just how it goes. I think, um, I really like the idea of an anthology. I think the way you can explore different areas, bring different people in. Um, I think, I think that's a, a really great thing. And and you can have a really like diverse array of of writers sort of crafting these different storylines and you know covering different characters and going to different areas of the galaxy. I think that'd be a really great thing. And maybe my wild card choice would be something like uh, do you like an American horror story thing where you have the same core cast, but then each season it's like a totally different story and they're playing different characters. Uh, I think that'd be like a goofy thing to. To implement, but it's all it's all Tamara Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm just this year. Man. I'm playing fives. <laughs> oh my goodness! Is it Tamara Morrison dubbed by D. Bradley Baker? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> That'd be oh, yeah. horrifying. So yeah, I think um, there will be a lot. Uh, will happen before this third Star Wars show is uh, going to be coming to us. We still really don't have anything on the Cassian show apart from that Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk are a part of it. So we still got that to look forward to. That can that can potentially bring in a lot of uh, things, especially if he, especially like like the solo crew. You know, he could he could very well interact with Enfys Nest or something. Um, so we never know what. What might happen? But that is uh that's what Disney's got cooking, so <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be eating for a while. I know that's that's the case. Um I guess the other thing sort of current right now is prequel mania, everybody. Woo woo. What do you know? Um we are fast approaching the official twentieth anniversary of the Phantom Menace. And uh we as we know we got that wonderful panel at um, celebration that, you know, brought together some of the cast members and the behind the scenes people to really celebrate what um, that movie accomplished. And 
yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a great time to to be thinking about this movie. And is there anything about it that like still stands out to you guys? Still to this day, it makes you feel happy. Uh, what, just anything to do with the prequels or the Phantom Menace? Phantom Menace in particular. Okay. Um, I did come. There was a memory I had not long ago. I put on Twitter because it just randomly popped up to me and it was one of those things where you know you remember something that you you cared and loved about so much that you just had forgotten for years and it was this I had this N1 Naboo Starfighter tent did you, have you guys oh it? yeah did you, did you ever have that tent I didn't have that I wanted that tent but I never got that tent so I had that tent I, got, I must have got it for my birthday or Christmas. Um, but it got to the point where I'd, I'd trying to sleep in it every night on the floor. And my parents got concerned, naturally, because I wasn't sleeping in bed. I was sleeping <laughs> on the floor in my Starfighter, which is rude because you, you, know, you shouldn't be entering <laughs> my domain. Um, and I just always assumed that they were concerned because I was sleeping in the tent and I wasn't in bed. So I was like, okay, that seems, that seems like a weird thing. So I, I, I told my mum about it the other day. I was like, oh, do you remember when I did that? And she was like, yeah. I was like, that's a bit weird how you were concerned about just sleeping in it. She went, no, what you used to do is because we wouldn't, we told you to stop, you would put the tent on your bed and then sleep in the tent on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> You're a special yeah. kid, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks. Is that me now or... Um, <laughs> So that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see the reasoning now. I was a bit of a weirdo. Um, Good night, Charlie. Good night, Bravo leader. <laughs> <laughs> There's a kid in there. <laughs> <laughs> One of ours. <laughs> He's in oh bed. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, um, man. So yeah, I think that the com link, obviously, of the figures. In my mind, I remember they sounded clearly, and then when we listened back at Celebration, they sounded like any of the cast, which is hilarious. Um, and yeah, just all, just all the time material. There was a great um, Star Wars Micro Machines set. I think it was Micro Machines. Mm-hmm. And it was Jar Jar's head. And his eye would like <laughs> open up, and there'd be like a little tunnel where you could put a mini Jar Jar slide through it. Um, and, it, yeah. and, it, oh and you God. open it up and it leads to Otagunga so I think that when you ask me what do I think about the Phantom Menace it's opening Jar Jar's eye yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I think the one of the weirdest things I remember having was like an inflatable Darth Maul chair you guys know this piece yes I remember that yeah like oh man I it's it's such a weird thing to remember like sitting on and like just, like I remember like throwing it around the room and like bouncing it off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so weird. Like just thinking about those like weird things of like merchandise pieces. Um I, I won't I even... your butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared I, at first it would sound like I was saying I had a like blow up Darth Maul doll. I mean that I have one now. Had things <laughs> Good service people. Um, well, he's a horny fella. Oh, hello there. 
<laughs> Hello there. Um, mm. What about what about you, Claire? What, did you have any weird merchandise or uh, any or any particularly fond memory of of Phantom Menace? Yeah, I mean, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but as far as memories go, um, Episode One was the first star wars movie that i introduced my nephews to that's the very first one they saw as little boys and and um i i loved it as a kid and then it became kind of cool to hate on it and i admittedly fell out of love with it a bit and was like yeah george R. sucks screw the prequels they're dumb and then i watched it with my nephews again when i was in like middle school and i was like oh this is what this is about this is mm-hmm. And just watching it through their eyes, the Phantom Menace will always have a special place in my heart, and um, and it has some of my favorite merchandise as well. Like I um, the Burger King, KFC, and Taco Bell episode one cups. You know those ones with the lid is like yes. the figure of them. I oh, have a yes. Jar Jar one. <laughs> what an amazing <laughs> time! I love it. I love it so much. I saw a bunch of them at Celebration. I should have picked up more. But and then I also have a a really large um, episode one Padme outfit from the final um, battle when they're going through Theed and ah, getting them them trade federation. So I have her in that outfit, um, which I love that figure. It's gorgeous. It's like maybe a six inch figure. I don't remember yeah. exactly what what. Uh, when it came out. But yeah, some of my favorite merchandise is my Phantom Menace stuff. And I still have my Comlink and I have a little, I think it was a watch from Burger King or one of those fast food restaurants, maybe McDonald's. I have an Anakin watch where he's wearing his pod racing helmet and you flip up his head and it's like a little analog clock. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. And, um, some of my favorite weird oh, merchandise, episode one. I remember that. It must've been, it might've might been KFC actually. Think KFC? Yeah, I have one of those, which was so cool. I remember it was Taco Bell was Tatooine, KFC was Naboo, and Pizza Hut was Coruscant. I think that's awesome. I think I think that's how they they split up the merchandise. And I remember because we would never go to KFC, <laughs> and I'd be like, "But I want that stuff." And um, yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> That was a, a stressful time in my seven-year-old life. I also remember that we had this really cool, and I've still got the, I don't know, I might have Jar Jar somewhere, but I definitely have the the little, um, what's it called? The uh, the pit droid. It was a jar, it was like a really mm-hmm. tall Jar Jar figure, like a cuddly uh, teddy sort of like figure. It might have been like the same sort of size as the, Claire, you were talking about yeah. the Padme thing. And it came with a little pit droid alarm clock. Oh, oh that's so cute. And I'm just looking it, I'm looking at the picture of it, the box now, and it says Jar Jar Binks wake up system. <laughs> <laughs> Your time telling friend. Oh man. Oh funny. Yeah. So that was cool. I love the pit droid design and everything, so yeah, that was cool to have. Yeah, that was that's such a unique era of, of merchandise. Um, nothing really quite did it like the Phantom Menace did. <laughs> uh, I guess that's like the simplest way of putting all that. Um, I think my most like a really specific Phantom Menace memory I have um, is 
when my dad had to have surgery and it was a fairly long surgery and we um, had to like fly out of state to go to this like certain hospital for it to happen. And I remember my mom was so like exhausted, like the day it would have been like either the day of the surgery or like the day after. And she like, and my sister and I were both like, you know, pretty young. So she just, uh, she was able to buy the Phantom Menace on like the hotel pay-per-view and just yes. put it on and then like went to sleep. And like my sister and I just like were able to sit and watch it. And I remember that very specifically, I, just being that young and like not really knowing what was going on around me, but also that notion of, wait, what? We can watch, we can watch Star Wars like now and like we don't have to wait for it. Like to come out on VHS. (laughs) Like, it's like, what? Like, what is going on? And, like, even now, like, I remember, like, sitting in that hotel room with the the pod race on. And that's just a very specific memory of of the Phantom Menace. And I think that goes, like, a long way in why I I just, I have, it's not like I don't have patience for it, but, like, I just have no energy for when people want to, say oh yeah well uh, the prequels (laughs) because it's just like (laughs) these 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 movies are so embedded in our memories and our experiences that it it's like it doesn't matter even if it like whatever you want to say if you want to say it is objectively crap like it doesn't matter even if it is because like that doesn't change like the role it played in sort of like building our experience and like our lives. And I think that's why, that's why I don't even care if they are bad movies. Like, I don't, it, they're just, it's just, it's part of me. It's part of all of us. Right. And that's why it's so irrelevant when people want to try to like detract from them. It's a, it's a fascinating thing how something like star Wars in particular really embeds in people's lives. Yeah, I feel like The Phantom Menace uh, of all the Star Wars films is the one that's clawed its way back into my heart um, in the best way possible. Because mm-hmm. like you, you both said, we all, we've all been there. We've all had that, okay, The Phantom Menace isn't cool because the internet says so. My friends are like, oh yeah, it's not cool. Um, it's kind of like we love The Phantom Menace. We're, we're Naboo and the Trade Federation is internet consensus. And they invaded our hearts, and then we <laughs> oh my God. slowly destroyed their ship. And we we were like, "No, we love this film." What a <laughs> metaphor, man! <laughs> I think, I think and you're yeah. like, "You must contact me." <laughs> 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 when, when we're out, we're out in the wilderness. We're like, "Yeah, screw the Star Wars." And your heart's like, "You must contact me. Your child is no dying. Your inner child is no starving." Come on, so funny. And I think yeah, one of the funny, one of the funniest things about Phantom Menace clawing its way back was I told the story before, but when Revenge of the Sith came out, there was this, um, there was this, I don't know if you know, but there's a store called Woolworths in in the UK. Well, it was a store, it's not there anymore. Um, but it was like a popular, you can get anything in there, food or anything like just action figures, all that lot. Um, and there was a big sell like discount thing going on this is 2005 obviously so this is when vhs was slowly getting out of whack and people just throwing the vhs away um 
and mm-hmm. I was going to a party, and it was like my auntie, so she would have been like face like so it was like you know you, you, it was a fancy dress party all adults there dressing up as like famous people and i decided to pick anakin skywalker but vader so i was dressed as darth vader and underneath when i took the mask off it was me as anakin but with the vader suit before he's burned obviously um and it looked really cool obviously because mm-hmm. it's me um yes but <laughs> to get the stuff we went to that store we bought the vader outfit we bought a lightsaber and we bought some mannequin stuff. And I think my mum bought a Princess Leia outfit for my sister as well. And the total came up to like 60 quid. Which, no, fair enough. Now, apparently there was a deal that said for every £10 spent, you would get a free VHS of The Phantom Menace. Which is yes. <laughs> really cool. And when we got it, even though we don't have, we didn't have VHS anymore, I was like, Do you know what? That's, that's how sweet of them. And then the woman started. She put another one in our bag, and I was like, oh, that's a bit strange. Um, and it got to the point where there were six versions of the Phantom Minutes on VHS in our bag, <laughs> and my mum was like, "What are you doing?" And the woman went, "Well, it's it's." A free VHS per ten pound. You spent sixty quid, so you get six VHSs of the Phantom Menace. <laughs> they must have just oh been pushing God. them out. And I was like, so for the, for most of my teenage life, in this because we moved afterwards, in my cupboard in my bedroom was just a bunch load of the Phantom Menace on VHS unwrapped. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, 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 and it was just staring at me all the time. And now I, I missed yeah. that. We don't have them anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh I, my god. Yeah, for me, it's just like yeah, the Phantom Menace is really special. I think I've I've definitely figured um, it's my favorite of the prequels. It, it it's the one that means the most to me. Um, everyone, anyone who's listened to me for ten minutes knows I am just in awe of Sebulba and the pod racing and. That whole vibe, like those are the things that I like won't ever forget about um, this movie. And I think uh, a lot of a lot of what made it cool, and and the prequels in general, which sort of brings us like to the next the next topic, is uh, we have Attack of the Clones uh, and Revenge of the Sith having their anniversaries as well, with uh, May sixteenth and May nineteenth as their um, release dates. So they will be hitting twenty pretty soon. But, um, but yeah, like all of these movies, uh, for me, they like, I, I had a birthday during their theatrical run. So like I turned seven while Phantom Menace was out. And I think that that's just another part of it. Like when we talk about all the merchandising, um, having a birthday while these movies were running, um, was wild. And it it was just, it, it's why again, like why I have just these, these three films so embedded in, in my memory, because it helps when you have a birthday in the smack in the middle of them all. Um, but I was wondering, what do you guys think we might, or what do you, what would you hope to see happen with um, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith hitting their 20th anniversaries? Do you want to, do you expect the same level of, Celebration or or does Phantom Menace feel different because it started a trilogy? 
I think there will be the same amount of love for hmm. Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Um, just because there's a whole prequel era um, generation mm-hmm. celebrating in these films. And it'd be like considering celebrating Star Wars, but not Empire or Jedi. It just seems a bit odd. Um, I feel like, yeah, maybe more so for Revenge of the Sith, because I think that, I think for the majority of people, that's more universally loved. But I know for me personally, Attack of the Clones is a brilliant film. Um, and it, it's low ranking on everyone's films. It's probably low ranking on mine, in term, but that's because mm. I love Star Wars in general. So, um, screw everyone else. Um, I, yeah, I think I'm personally going to celebrate by continuing my lifelong legacy of telling bad jokes in terms of C3PO, um, which I know people will say are bad. <laughs> I think, I think you find that, uh, I'm beside <laughs> myself is A plus comedy gold. That with this, this is such a drag. Brilliant. Um, that's how I'll be celebrating. Just laughing at those moments and repeat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think you're right about Revenge of the Sith. That is, I think, the most universally celebrated prequel film. Um, generally, for good reason. And it's, uh, yeah. I think, yeah. Like my only point about the Phantom Menace was just the like iconic step that it was in in bringing Star Wars back after it's like long-term hiatus, right? Um and moving true. the technology forward so much oh. in such a short amount of time mm-hmm. with one movie. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think you're right. They all they would should they all deserve the the same level of of appreciation, that's for sure. Yeah, the, the that that um, agree more. That's the gong of agreement. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Like Claire I smacking you. <laughs> I hit my mic stand. Sorry, guys. My bad. <laughs> no, it's it's what it's it's all good. Um, I think something there's something funny about like Attack of the Clones, which I don't know how much this applies to everybody, but I always I always find 2002 was just a really magical year for like fan movies. <laughs> Of like, if you're like a fan of something, 2002 was a pretty solid year because we had like Star Wars, we had Lord of the Rings, we had Spider-Man, we had, I think, a Harry Potter movie, <laughs> Chamber of Secrets 2002. That sounds yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Yes, so, it, it is. 2002 I was... I know, I watched it three times. Yeah. 2002 <laughs> was a wild-ass year. And something something about Attack of the Clones that I always think about as it, it, it almost felt like a coming of age movie um, for, I guess, people our age. I don't know. I'm probably speaking very like personally here, but watching Anakin, who as a seven-year-old, I could really um, connect with Jake Lloyd, just, you know, that age um, being the same, like seeing that story through the eyes of someone close to you in age is, is a really cool thing. And and then in Attack of the Clones, when he's like now sort of romantically involved with with Padme. And I think also well, hello, that lining Nikki. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that lining up in a time of life when maybe the the girl the girls and boys in your class start looking less gross. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what I mean? You're, you're starting to get less afraid of the cooties. Nikki, um, I don't understand. Please tell explain I, this to me. Oh my god. I'm trying to say this is this is this is going to be a stronger stronger language than probably how it was in reality. But having a movie that explored a romantic relationship during a time when a large portion of the audience was probably going through some sort of awakening themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that makes um, that makes Attack the Clones kind of be a memorable experience as well. And I, I think, so again, for, for as much as somebody will want to sit and tell you why it sucks, like it really doesn't matter. Like it, it has no meaning when you can like attach it to these moments in life, right? Um, and yeah, like, like you say, like, I think, I think Attack of the Clones is probably, you know, someone's got to sit at the bottom. <laughs> so Attack of the Clones is probably around there. Um, but I think it's still like incredibly special and has some of the like truly greatest moments. I think anything surrounding Geonosis is pretty fantastic. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a special movie. I, I can't wait for the 20th anniversary of that because that'll that'll also make me feel old. <laughs> I agree. Tornwe is fit. She can get it. That neck. Mm. She can get it. Master Jedi. Do you have any particular feelings about Attack the Clones Revenge of the Sith, Claire? Oh my god. Well, both of those movies... Sorry, I didn't realize my microphone was muted. <laughs> um, well, both of those movies... <laughs> Well, both of those movies um, are really, really special to me, um, and I will celebrate both of them and both of their 20ths when they hit. Um, yeah, I think that, I don't know, I don't have anything super significant to say other than you totally like said some stuff that resonated with me, especially with these movies came out at a good time in my adolescence and childhood to be able to identify with the characters in a way that was significant Mm -hmm. to me um, because of my own personal life changes as well. That really, that I couldn't have said it better than you did, but uh, (laughs) yeah, it was good, good times. Good times all around. (laughs) I think uh, to further celebrate prequel mania going on, there is uh, Dooku Jedi lost the audio it's not, I guess, whatever. I don't know how they've classified it's, it. It's an audio book. Audio but like, drama? No book, audio drama. Um, and yeah, I I got it and I started it and I finished it, but it's really fascinating so far. Have any of you guys uh, got it or finished it? I have done neither. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got it for a while. Um, and Dooku as well. Oh. I. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Claire, I'm trying to talk about my thoughts about Kanduku. Mm-hmm. Okay, please continue. Please. Where was I? <clears throat> yeah, no, I haven't listened to it yet. Thinking about that awakening. <laughs> <laughs> Have you felt it? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about my training in the cave. Um <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh god so I anyway, got nothing yeah no I haven't listened to it yet I'm really excited to um, Kevin Scott is great um, also did you watch the Star Wars show with him on this week I have not, I have not. 
that dude's voice, my God, <laughs> it is, it is a His voice can get it. it yeah, that is a <laughs> that is a voice and a half. It is. <laughs> oh my! Now I have to go watch this. I mean. I mean, for me personally, I, like, I just I don't know what I expected him to sound like. I don't know why anyone would... You know, you, you just ex- have like a... Yeah, I did not expect that. It was yeah. pretty dope. So, you haven't checked out the story yet, but Kevin Scott's voice can fucking get it. <laughs> That's my review for DQGI I lost. There we go. Well, I'm sure... I'm sure we will eventually cover it in good time. We'll, we'll reboot the Senate library to to dig into this because it, it, it is essentially a book, but um, it's performed. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. Um, and that sort of wraps up prequel mania. Now we do have one sort of big announcement to talk about, and that is uh, we're coming up on our 50th episode, sort of. I think we've probably Yay. done 50 episodes in some way, but... It's we officially <laughs> officially fifty episodes. So go us of the normal we're, show, right? So we're we're doing something semi right because we've hit fifty episodes, or we're coming up on fifty. Um, so we wanted to celebrate that with you guys and give. I have a giveaway competition, and let me tell you, this giveaway is pretty cool. It is in fact a um, Lego Star Wars twentieth anniversary. Battle of Hoth uh, micro set, and Woo. it was a limited time offer at uh, through Lego, and it is a really cool little mini build of uh, ATAT and two snow speeders and the shield generator and Hoth and stuff, and it's it's pretty cool. There will be a tweet um, put up today uh, explaining sort of the rules of the competition in general, and you'll see a nice picture of the set itself. But uh, the way the giveaway is going to work is if you quote tweet that tweet with the picture of the set and explain why you love our show and why others should listen and follow us, um, then you will be, and if you follow us yourself, you will be entered into the competition and a random winner will be announced on our 50th episode, which I believe this is episode 47. So we will... You have a little bit of time. We'll keep reminding you over the next coming episodes. But episode 50. It's coming up. Yeah. Episode 50, we will be announcing the winner. So, again, uh, if you're listening here and you haven't seen the tweet yet, um, make sure you check that out and get in on it. It's going to be awesome. So, I guess in conclusion, and most importantly, (laughs) we will go over what made us moist this week in Star Wars. Or beyond, if you really have a moist moment that you need to talk about. Um, so, Charlie, why don't you start us off with your moist moment of the week? Ooh, my moist moment of the week. Um, let me see. So many moist stuff to think about. I guess uh, my Lego sets arrived from May the 4th. That was pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. built them all yet. I've built the previous set that I hadn't gotten uh, for May the 4th, but I'd had just in stock, which is the, uh, I mentioned it before the Death Star Escape set, which is pretty cool. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm excited to start work on those Lego sets tomorrow. And it is the Anakin 
Starfighter, the Jedi Starfighter from the Clone Wars, and it's Anakin's Pod Racer, which is the 20th anniversary set. And just, I can't wait to get started on that one. I'm leaving that to last because I want to save every moment and then um, probably run around the living room, going room for a bit. <laughs> yeah, those are. The the Starfighter one is really cool because they use his um it's like a it's not stylized like the Clone Wars, but it is his Clone Wars outfit. Yes. On the mini thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is a really cool thing. Yeah, awesome. How about you, Claire? What you got for moistness this week? I've got a particularly <laughs> moist one, I gotta say. Um <laughs> gross. Um so this past week, I celebrated a birthday. I'm ignoring yes. the laughter. Yes. I turned the big two five quarter of a century old. Um, and one of my wonderful friends happened to do something that I could never have expected. Uh, I have to say thank you to Justin Gray who about a week before my birthday decided to send a Facebook message to Mark Dodson, the voice of the crumb. <laughs> the crumb. And <laughs> the voice of the crumb himself, who I was lucky enough to meet and get an autograph from at Celebration. Um, and this week, a few days ago, a little belated for my birthday, but um, it was intended for my birthday. I received a friend request from Mark Dodson from his real account oh, and yeah. a, uh, a little di- direct message in my little Facebook messenger wishing me a happy birthday and, and stuff. And we have talked a little bit through there. Nothing crazy. Just be like, oh, by the way, I'm the person that you signed this artwork that you hadn't seen before. Here's my collection. And he's like, and uh, so he and I have talked back and forth a little bit, not much, but I am in I am uh, in communication with the crumb. Thank you, <laughs> Justin Gray, for <laughs> for being so thoughtful. And I that was an absolutely incredible birthday present. So that's my moist moment. It's pretty cool. Making dreams come true for real. So when's the wedding? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That was like no, no, no. that was such a like Miss Krabappel laugh. <laughs> that was so it's wonderful. Crumb laugh. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, yeah, that's that's an awesome story. Uh, for me, that's that was that was a less of a moist story than a uh, what made you salacious be crumb story. Oh my god! I <laughs> I need to like just again like reiterate this. How wonderful is it that he has a middle initial? Right. <laughs> like, and we don't know what it what it stands yeah, for. Like, we just know it's a B. For all we know, it's Brian. For all we know, Brian. it's just B. Like he just wanted it. Um, like maybe there is no name, and he's like, it sounds good. It's like it's like when I add the fourth on my name when I'm definitely not the fourth in my family. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's it's fascinates me and salacious Bikram, keep rocking. Um, let's see for me. Crumb what may? 
Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, for me, I don't, I don't really know if I have a great moist story just because, um, as most people are, I assume, who are a fan of both, I've kind of been in Game of Thrones mode. <laughs> a lot of my thought has been there. Um, but one thing that I was doing the other night, uh, I was looking through some old pictures of my first ever celebration. And um, I was finding just kind of like some really random things that were cracking me up uh, with like the first time, um, uh, basically one of the only times I ever saw George Lucas was at a Clone Wars like season five trailer panel or something. And I was seeing that and I saw a uh, fan made um, like droid builder, like astromech that they, made like iron man <laughs> and it's like got the iron man color scheme and the uh sort of like arc reactor thing on the in the front of it that's all lit up and so just kind of strolling down that memory lane of orlando 2012 um that kind of made me pretty moist just think thinking about all the good times and all the good times that will lie ahead with anaheim 2020 coming coming a lot faster than i think we're <laughs> we're prepared for it to come um so yeah that was that was a cool thing and oh maybe maybe something more relevant is uh they they reopened the celebration chicago like online store or whatever (laughs) so a shirt i missed out on um at the convention i bought that shit now and i regret the shipping but i bought that shit (laughs) Uh, yes but yeah that is that's just about my my the moistest I've been Star Wars this this week, but I'm excited for the moist to come. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so let's uh, wrap it on up. Thanks everybody for listening, um, and thank you Claire and Charlie for sitting and talking. Um, Always a pleasure, man. Yeah, it's it's been good. There's. There's a lot going on and there will a lot or a lot will continue to go on. So we are happy to talk about it with everybody here. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Imp Senate Pod and on Instagram at Imperial Senate Pod. You can like us on Facebook for show updates and all the other cool stuff there. And if you ever feel like sending in a question or a voicemail, you can email us at Imperial Senate Podcast at gmail.com. Definitely do that, even if you don't really, if you just have a thought. We, we love having your voicemails. We love playing them and uh, making sure that you guys feel like you're helping us keep this show running, which you definitely are. And uh, if you want to get some sweet swag from our podcast, you can go to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the Imperial Senate podcast. And if you would like to become a hero on Patreon, you can sign up to be a patron um, there on our page and get all sorts of cool content that will, I think we have some stuff planned for this weekend. And um, whoop, whoop. if you guys play Star Wars Battlefront 2, you can join our community group on the PlayStation Network. So get in on that if that's where you like to shoot things digitally. <laughs> um, <laughs> So where can we find you guys online? How about you, Claire? Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at cstribs. And this uh, 
two weeks ago, you could have found, uh, not me per se, but you could have found some pretty solid discussion of me and my Salacious Crumb collection on the Hollow Chronicles podcast, episode 14. They talked about my collection uh, a little bit, which was super fun. And you can find me in video form on the Blue Bantha Milk YouTube channel this week because they're little documentary about Star Wars Celebration um, came out this week and it's super awesome and I'm really proud to be a part of it. Um, So it's called Celebrate the Meaning of Star Wars Celebration on YouTube by Blue Bantha Milk. They're awesome. Go to give it a look. There we go. How about you, Charlie? Uh, You can't find me on any other podcast because nobody loves me. Oh, but Jesus. you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at C M W A S H B Y, where I solemnly tweet about <laughs> sad things. You can also find me on Instagram at Charlie M W Ashby, where I post pictures of sad things. And um, oh my you can god, find me at the back of your house, trying to eat from your bin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Thank you, <laughs> little ray of sunshine. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, definitely. we're gonna end it on a high note. <laughs> no, you can definitely. Uh... <laughs> no, but seriously, what Nick? When Nicky said, um, "Please send us any emails," it's really good because it gives him something to do. Sometimes people just don't want to talk oh to my us. God. They just don't pretend we exist. Sometimes our fam, sometimes our families just <laughs> don't answer us as well. Um, this I'm is like, why we're trying to lure friends with a Lego set. Yeah, I think you, you were saying that as well, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, also, yeah, Blue Band for Milk are awesome. Check that documentary out. It made me cry. Thanks a lot, Claire. Fuck you. No problem, um, bro. Here for you. It's all right. Um, I didn't need to cry at work. It's just, you know, <laughs> just felt like it. Um, also... I'm trying to think if there's anything else we can plug. Uh, the T Publics, uh, if you've got, if you're a friend of ours, podcast or uh, YouTube channel or I don't know, strip club, uh, just DM us and we'll, we'll try and add you to our T Public store. There's a, there's a thing you can do where you can like put for people and we're good for doing that. Yes, yes. Here we go. How about you, Nikki? Yeah, you guys uh, can find me on Twitter at Nequitius, N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S. And also on Instagram at Nick Defer, uh, N-I-C-T-O-P-H-E-R. Um, I can't promise that you'll enjoy what you see, but come, <laughs> come swing on by and it'll be a good time. Um, but yeah, I think that basically wraps everything up. Thanks everybody once again for listening. Um, we can't wait to reach our 50th episode milestone with everyone and continue to, uh, make this show everything we want it to be and continue on into the future. So thanks again for being with us. Thanks again to my fellow, uh, co-hosts for hanging around and we will catch you guys very soon. May the force be with you always. Bye. Tricarus. Oh shit.
dissolved the council permanently. The last remnants of the old republic have been swept away. <laughs>